Dogtown and Z Boys. Z Boys. Hey, Dogtown and Z Boys. Z Bo- <laughs> Have you ever seen no. that or and or Lords of Dogtown? No. I forget is what Hirsch in Lords of Dogtown. I believe that I believe that is a Hirsch joint. Um and Young Heath Ledger, I believe. Oh yes, it's, I remember reading a lot of like press about it. Yes, like, like it was a big deal. And, yeah, um, Sundance was that was that yeah, like there was a like a fancy movie. Yeah, it was very sun. Well, it's it's an interesting thing because it's like they did a documentary about it that got like a lot of play and a lot of award stuff, and then like immediately made a narrative movie of the documentary. Yeah. And I think both of them were big, like, you know, that that kind of, like, peak. That's streaming behavior, honestly. Yeah. That's like a the Tiger, Tiger King. King. Yes. <laughs> like, that, uh, it, it feels very, like, peak Sundance, like, you know, the, the indie 90s had become an industry onto their own. And so yeah. it's like, we're true. We're turning, we're turning little fringy docs about skateboarding subculture into Oscar players. We're turning Oscar winning docs into movies immediately. Yeah. Right, uh, everyone's high on their own yeah. supply. I, I would but, like to watch it. I, I like a skate. I like a skate vibe. Uh, yes, I, I don't surf vibe. That's why I brought it up. Is I, I don't know what got me on it, but I was like reading some this week about you know both those movies and then all the like the small clique of like real skaters mm-hmm. that inspired it and kind of getting into the history of skating, which feels you know it's like ju- it really is just popping off around the era of this. That's true. Book. That's very true. And so I was just thinking about it and thinking that it might be a worthwhile. They really did be inventing a sport right there. Also. In, I, in backyard pools in Southern California. I feel like the the narrative I've heard of the invention of skateboarding or the popularization of skateboarding is like, um, you were thought of like as a dork. It was like what you, I think I, it might've been an, uh, who, who's the guy who's really good at skateboarding? Tony, Tony Hawk. Hawk. Tony Hawk said you might as well be carrying a pogo stick around. Like it, it, like it's, it's like clown shit. Yes, uh, well, and it's just funny that it evolved into like something that is cool, and yes. it makes you wonder what else shows up as clown shit and then ends up being cool. I would argue anime and yes, comic books. Yes. Um, What's next? I mean, that's Roblox? what that's what I got from doing some reading about it. Is that skateboarding first popped off in like the '60s as like. Uh, you know part of the surf craze like it was a, you know like like blue hawaii style you know mm. how like surfing had like a moment in the 60s yes and it was literally like literally a surfboard with wheels so you could surf surf on the <laughs> street like as an alternate when the waves were low was like the first pitch of skateboarding mm. um and then there was like a mini panic that it was dangerous and it went away in the later 60s, and it was like almost like just wiped out as a fad. Wiped and out. A new guy. Wipe out. Wipe out. And then some guy came up with the polyurethane wheels mm-hmm. as opposed to the original metal ones mm-hmm. uh, that we know today. And that they became, that's like how how people figured out you could do like twic- tricks on skateboard. Mm-hmm. And then those like Z Boys basically invented modern skateboarding. And so like, we should watch those movies. <laughs> yeah, we should. It's funny. I've never, the closest I've got to, I've, I've, I tried to learn how to skateboard when I was, I want to say like 24 yes, years I old. Mean, I, same. Two and too old. I was like, uh, the first time I like felt, I was skateboarding by myself in a, uh, a like unused playground in Crown Heights in Brooklyn. And the first time I like fell down hard, I was like, I can't show up to work in a cast. Yes. I'm like, I have to like use both of my hands to type on the computer. <laughs> it's so over. Anyway. Yes. Um, also, I, I'm just not a skate. I When I fall, I fall hard, you know. Uh, yeah. Should we should we, yeah. should we check back in with uh, yes. Doc and the gang? All right. Just just a little slice of SoCal lore yeah. to start off. Totally. Um, 
Instead of, uh, are you looking for surf highlights or are you just putting yes. up Baywatch? Okay. No, I'm, l- I'm looking for surf highlights. Our television has a channel that's just Baywatch all yes. the time. <laughs> it's good vibes. Baywatch yeah. is a, a, a very Tough relaxing, break. pleasing show. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So we, le- we left them and they, uh, Dennis, uh, Doc, and Jade slash Ashley are driving away from that uh, yes, creepy party. Uh, party. Yes, the party with bad vibes. Uh, and Jade just asked uh, Dennis, do you, do you eat pussy, by the way? Oh, yes, of course. They entered the transition tunnel uh, to the eastbound Santa Monica Freeway where the radio, which had been playing the birds eight miles high, lost the signal. Doc kept singing it to himself, and when they emerged and the sound came back, he was no more than a half bar off. Dennis, don't forget to leave me the camera, okay? An eloquent silence. Dennis? He's busy, Jade murmured. <laughs> Remained so all the way <laughs> up. <laughs> hey, cars were big enough then that you could get eaten out in the backseat, no yes. problem. Uh, uh, we used to be a proper country. Yes. Uh, can't do that in a Kia Soul. Yeah, you need, we need to bring back the, the long cars, but make them electric. <laughs> Remember the, then when, like, was it Nissan or something put out that model that was like, wonder if we made a new car that looked like a boxy car from the 80s and everybody was like, please do this. Yeah, I think it was Bring Honda it back. Honda Electric that's only available in Japan or something. Yeah, yeah it looks like an old beater from, like, the 80s. Yeah, or it's looks boxy. like a totally reasonable mid-sized car from the 80s, but, yeah, it's, like, boxy and stuff. People but are and just, bored. like, replacing uh, all the, like, tape deck fixtures with modern LEDs, but it's not, you know, terrible... Uh, you know, big screen in the middle. Yeah. People, I think people want knobs in their cars. Yeah, we love knobs. Knobs. Get rid of screen. I've had enough screen. Windows that roll down manually. Yes. The those like uh, seat belts that um like veer or you know the like automatic electric seat belts. Yes. Oh God, I love those. Those are sick. All right, remaining so all the way up to the Harbor Freeway to the Hollywood Freeway. Uh, that's the 101. And. <laughs> over the Coanga Pass to Jade's exit, in the course of which, in a very relaxed, occasionally drowsy voice, pausing every once in a while to send Dina's down a word of encouragement, she filled Doc in on her early history of experimenting with shoplifting and grand theft auto. She had met up with Bambi in Dormitory 8000 at Sybil Brand Institute, where Bambi, observing Jade one evening furiously masturbating, offered to do her pussy for a pack of smokes, menthol if possible. Sure thing, Jade by this point was desperate enough to chirp back. Next time, lights out arriving not a moment too soon. Bambi had brought the price down to half a pack. Then on her knees, much more thoughtful now, she found herself offering to pay Jade. (laughs) I guess, Jade said, we could call it one token cigarette, though I'm not real comfortable even with, oh, Bambi? By the time they got out of Sybil Brand, they were sharing smokes out of a common stash, and what bookkeeping there was no longer included nicotine. They took a place together in North Hollywood where they could do what they wanted all day long and all night too, which is the way things usually ran. It was possible to live cheap in those days, and it helped that the landlady had also been inside and honored sisterly obligations that a more uptight individual might not have even recognized. Soon they had a regular dealer who made house calls and a cat named Anais and were known up and down the Tohunga Wash as a couple of righteous chicks you could trust in just about any situation. Bambi imagining that she was there to look out for her friend, Jade, closer to the edge of misadventure than she knew. <laughs> Sounds like a um, like a recapping of like a like a CDB movie. Yeah. Uh, two, two prison chicks on yes. the uh, ride of their lives. Yes, uh, did Roger Corman direct this. <laughs> Meantime, on one of these voyages of self-discovery so common at that time, in the most intensely light-bearing complexities of some now half-forgotten acid trip, Ashley slash Jade 
saw something about herself nobody else till then had seen. Of its essence somehow, as Doc had already somehow guessed, was cunnilingus. The era, she couldn't help noticing, was conveniently providing not only eager girls, but also sweetly passive, long-haired boys every place she looked, eager to devote to her pussy the oral attention it had always deserved. Which reminds me, how you doing down there, Dinas? <laughs> <laughs> huh? Oh, well, to begin with. <laughs> Never mind. Just be advised, boys, she said. You'll want to watch your step. Because what I am is, is like a small diameter pearl of the Orient rolling around on the floor of late capitalism. Lowlifes of all income levels may step on me now and then, but if they do, it'll be them who slip and fall and on a good day break their ass while the old pearl herself just goes a rolling on. (laughs) (laughs) That's the end of that segment. Spike's friend Farley had a dark room and when the proof sheets were ready, Doc went by to have a look. Most of the contact prints were blank frames from Dina's leaving the lens cap on or drastically, (laughs) (laughs) this is from, he was photographing that party, or drastically angled room fragments when he had accidentally tripped the shutter, as well as an embarrassing uh, number of low angle shots of micro-skirted groupies and miscellaneous drug-related lapses into sleep or silliness. The only shot Coy seemed to be in was a Last Supper-type grouping around a long table in the kitchen with everybody in heated discussion over a number of pizzas. Coy was saturated in a funny, vibrant blur that didn't match any other part of the space and watching the camera a little too intently with an expression forever about to unfold into a smile. This one here, Doc said. Could you make me an enlargement? Sure, said Farley. Enhance. uh, Yes, (laughs) 8x10 glossy, okay? Reluctant. Maybe even a little desperate, Doc figured he'd had to go visit Bigfoot now. On principle, he tried to spend as little time around the glass house as possible. It creeped him out, the way it just sat there, looking so plastic and harmless among the old-time good intentions of all that downtown architecture. No more sinister than a chain motel by the freeway, and yet behind its neutral drapes and far away down its fluorescent corridors, it was swarming with all this strange alternate cop history and cop politics cop dynasties, cop heroes and evildoers, saintly cops and psycho cops, cops too stupid to live and cops too smart for their own good, insulated by secret loyalties and codes of silence from the world they'd all been given to control, or as they like to put it, protect and serve. (laughs) Bigfoot's native element, the air he breathed, the big time he'd been so crazy to get away from the beach and be promoted into, at the desk in the lobby at Parker Center, owing no doubt to what he'd been smoking since he hit the freeway, Doc let loose with a long and, even to him, not always coherent rap about how he usually didn't spend much time hanging out with elements of the criminal justice system, mostly getting his information from the L.A. Times. But about, <laughs> but how about that Leslie Van Hooten, huh? So cute, yet so lethal. And what was the real angle on this Manson trial? Because in a strange way, wasn't it something like this postseason the Lakers were having? And did he happen to catch that game with, <laughs> with Phoenix? The sergeant nodded. That's 318. Upstairs, Bigfoot, strangely jumpy today, seemed about to apologize for not having an office, even a cubicle of his own, though in fact nobody else at Homicide had one either. Everybody milled around in a single oversized room with two long tables and chain-smoked and drank coffee out of paper cups and hollered into phones and sent out for tacos and burgers and fried chicken and so forth. And half of what they threw at the wastebaskets missed, so there was an interesting texture to the floor, which Doc thought might have once included some vinyl tiling. (laughs) Given the... Given the semi-public surroundings, I hope this will not be another of those unabridged, paranoid, hippie monologues I seem increasingly obliged to sit through. Sorry, I've got to find the, the Bigfoot uh, affect again. 
Yeah, I, I would do it flat and clipped. He's a, no, he's like, given the semi-public surroundings, I hope this will not be another of those unabridged, paranoid, hippie monologues I seem increasingly obliged to sit through. <laughs> Quickly as he could, I think of him as a little loud. Quickly as he could, Doc recapped what he knew about Coy Harlingen, the alleged fatal OD, the mysterious addition to Hope's bank account, Coy pretending to be an agitator at the Nixon rally. He left out the part about talking to Coy in person. Another case of apparent resurrection, Bigfoot shrugged. Not, at first glance, a matter for homicide. So, who around here would handle resurrections, man? <laughs> Bunko squad, usually. <laughs> Not missing persons, recovered persons. <laughs> Does that mean LAPD officially believes that every return from the dead is some kind of a con? Not always. Could be a mistaken or false ID type of problem. But not, you're dead, you're dead. Are we talking philosophy? <laughs> Doc lit up a cool, reached in his fringe bag, and found Dennis's photo of Coy Harlingen. What is this? Another rock and roll band? <laughs> Ro- rock and roll band? <laughs> My kids wouldn't even have this on their wall. That one there is the stiff in question. And just remind me, why do I give a shit again? He worked for the department as a snitch, not to mention for some patriotic badasses known as Vigilant California, who might or might not have been in on the raid at Channel View Estates. You remember that place, all them cute little kids jumping in the pools and so on? All right. Bigfoot had another look at the picture. You know what? I'll go check into this personally. But Bigfoot, that isn't like you, Doc needled. It's a cold <laughs> case. Where there's any glory and clear in one of them. Where's there any glory and clear in one of them? Sometimes it's about doing the right thing, replied Bigfoot, fluttering his eyelashes disingenuously. <laughs> he motioned Doc down a back corridor and into a utility room. Just want to look in the freezer a minute. It was a corpse-sized professional pathologist model, bless you, from some years back. A hand-me-down from the coroner's office, bless you. Sorry. Uh, and Doc, expecting to see homicide-related body parts, was surprised instead to find several hundred frozen chocolate-covered bananas inside. Don't imagine for a minute I'm feeling nostalgic about the beach. Bigfoot was quick to protest. It's an addiction. I used to deny that, but my therapist says I've made amazing progress. Please dig in. Feel free. I'm told I have to share. We have this system of pneumatic message tubes here routed all through the building, and I've been using it to send these babies everywhere. It'll do some good. <laughs> Thanks, Doc reached out a frozen banana. Gee, Bigfoot, there certainly are a lot of these in here. Don't Bless you. Sorry. Don't tell me the department's picking up the tab. Actually, Bigfoot for the moment unable to look Doc in the eye, we get them free. When cops say free, why do I get the feeling you're about to lay some moral dilemma on me here? <laughs> Maybe you could give me the hippie point of view, Sportello. It's been keeping me up nights. Bigfoot had been driving around once a week to Cosmic Banana, that's spelled K-O-Z-M-I-K, uh, a frozen banana shop near the Gordita Beach Pier, creeping in by way of the alley and back. Okay, it, between it, this and Arrested Development, is our frozen banana, was that like a, a thing that frozen was like banana a big culture? bad in the 70s? I get, I mean, listen, it's like a it's like a snack innovation, right? Was there like some legendary frozen banana place in like, on like the southern beaches of LA? Because it's also like, you know, Arrested Development is like a, an Orange County send up. Yes. When did we get electricity in homes? <laughs> I don't know, like the 30s? 
So, like, if you really think 40s. about it, the, the idea of a frozen treat is something within the last century. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the idea of cold drinks is, yeah. is, like, turning 100. Yeah. Don't tell the Europeans that. Yeah. Well, they're st- yeah, li- li- literally, they're still catching That's on. That's why they're in the old world and we're in the new, baby. <laughs> yes. Ice. Lots of ice. It. Ice, baby. <laughs> ice Welcome baby. to the new world. Do, do Europeans have any songs about ice or use ice as a metaphor for being cold? No. You know what? I feel like all our great uh, ice songs, ice ice baby you're cold as ice cold as ice, cold uh, as ice. i love that song i love foreigner um cold hearted snake yes. what are the other ones i well now we have ice spice like yes. the whole thing uh what the a great name ice spice. Ice, spice. The hell is ice spice uh anyway sorry got, got lost in a reverie anyway the next time you eat a popsicle or ice cream or a frozen banana thank your lucky stars that we live in the modern yes. age because they i'm sure they figured out some way to yes. do it sugar on snow i guess would have been the yeah they had some kind of like ice cream method in the 19th century yeah yeah well you have like ice blocks but i imagine that's like a precious cargo you yeah know? and there, then there was some kind of like cold cream thing because i know that that's supposedly what uh john one of the 1840s presidents who, who like an actually, egg cream yeah or like you know, it's like cream and cherries, but is what it's like called. But so you imagine just like a big bowl of like cold milk, milk and cherries, cold milk and cherries. But but what it actually was is like a proto ice, ice cream. cream type. Oh, thing. that I sounds have, like a delicious I treat. Yeah, for... I have no idea how they made it, but but doing the research on the presidents, I was like, uh, you know, as part of my <laughs> global survey of all U.S. presidents and everything that they did, one of the roads I had to go down was what the hell was this cream and cherries thing that John Tyler supposedly died of eating too much of and found out it was like 19th century ice cream. Did you know from your presidential research I, in, on an episode of Time Crisis, an old one, they brought on Obama's like head of kitchen guy, basically, his like personal chef? Yeah, I vaguely remember this guy being a guy who did like press tours. He did po- well, the, the, he did a rare thing, which is that he had a policy position as well. He was like working with Michelle Obama, Obama on like the food stuff yeah. that they ended up giving up because uh, you can't you can't uh, have industrialized food in America without like sugar and fat. Yes, uh, and processed shit. That's a, it. The Michelle Obama thing is interesting because it's like I do think that there is a an interesting policy position you could take on the food supply and American health. But the only way that you could message is is like we need to Americans need to make better choices about eating. It's like no, we need to like take the entire supply chain to task and like stop leveraging our entire agricultural system on the on like gross subsidies for for uh, you know corn, corn syrup and stuff like that yeah but that's not really what that was about it was like we need to oh god who is that guy the british guy who like taught children how to eat lunch oh oh i don't jamie know something <laughs> oliver yeah oh he taught jamie oliver taught british people how to eat lunch the, was that, i swear that was like one of his things in the obama we feed, era is we like, feed the children but not the, the british, british children, children. <laughs> it was like going around to schools and being like being like children instead of a chicken wing consider a tomato why the fuck a tomato would, why the fuck a t- why the fuck would we listen to jamie oliver I, uh, like, instead somebody... of instead of black pudding and 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 a rat of bacon have one or the other uh, somebody correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I swear to God that no, that was like part that of the whole familiar. Michelle Obama, like eat, eat better milieu, but no, she should be, she should have been going to like ConAgra and being like, stop feeding us poison. Yeah, no, that's, that's too rich 
for everyone's blood. Instead, yeah. it's like, uh, go exercise. Yeah. Exercise off your Lunchable. Yes. Um, uh, what were we talking about? Frozen bananas. Frozen bananas. Shout out. Yeah. What's the, de- what's the deal with frozen bananas? Well, it was a classic shakedown. Kevin, the owner, instead of throwing away the banana peels, was cashing in on a hippie belief of the moment by converting them to a smoking product he called Yellow Haze. Specially trained crews of speed freaks kept out of sight nearby in a deserted resort hotel about to be demolished, worked three shifts, carefully scraping off the insides of the banana peels and obtaining, after oven drying and pulverizing it, a powdery black substance they wrapped in plastic bags to sell to the deluded and desperate. Okay, I know we just did a tangent, but this the smoking banana peels myth uh, really reminds me of a great like freshman year dorm thing where we got into like doing you know the years two thousand five. I'm in my freshman year dorm and we're researching whether or not you it is actually possible to smoke banana peels or if that is an urban legend. And I just remember one of my engineering student sweet mates who was a very a very funny guy but a very engineer brain guy like reading some like ancient forum post about smoking banana peels and getting so mad at it because it contained things like now the thing that. The thing that you need to know as you heat the banana peels up, because that's an essential part of it, is that banana peels are microwave soluble. Uh And my engineering friend just being like, microwave soluble? That doesn't even make sense. That means if I had a beaker full of microwaves, a banana would dissolve in them. (laughs) (laughs) I very keenly remember that phrase. If I had a beaker full full of microwaves, a banana banana would dissolve in them. them. Bananas are not microwave soluble. That does not even make sense. That sounds like a King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard uh, lyric. Uh, some who smoked it reported psychedelic journeys to other places and times. Others came down with horrible nose, throat, and lung (laughs) symptoms that lasted for weeks. The belief in psychedelic bananas went on, however, gleefully promoted by underground papers, which ran learned articles, learned articles, comparing diagrams of banana molecules to those of LSD. This is is exactly what we were looking at in the dorm, the the, the early 2000s version of this. And including alleged excerpts from Indonesian professional journals about native cults of the banana and so, so forth. And Kevin was raking in thousands. Bigfoot saw no reason why law enforcement shouldn't be cut in for a share of the proceeds. What kind of extortion do you call that, Doc wanted to know. <laughs> Ain't like it's a real drug. It doesn't get you loaded. In any way, it's legal, Bigfoot. Exactly my point. If it's legal, then so is taking my cut. Especially, see, if it's in the form of frozen bananas instead of money. <laughs> <laughs> but, Doc said, no, wait, not logical, Captain. Something I can't quite. He was still trying to figure it out by the time he got back to the beach. He found Spike sitting on the alleyway steps. Spike is, um... Wait, is Spike the Vietnam veteran boyfriend of Sortilege? Yes. Something you might want to look at, Doc. Farley just got it back from the lab. They went, they went over to Farley's place. He had it threaded on a 16-millimeter projector, all set to screen. A sunny vista in ectochrome commercial of half-built ranch burgers and contractor hardpan is suddenly a swarm with men in matching camo fatigues bought in lots from some local surplus store, also wearing ski masks, machine knit, and reindeer and cone-bearing tree motifs. They are packing so uh, it's like a you know Christmas, yeah, <laughs> Christmas ball clava. They are packing some weird and heavy shit. Among which Spike points out M16s and AK-47s, both original as well as knockoffs from different lands. Heckler and Coach machine guns in both belt and drum-fed designs, Uzis and repeating shotguns. The raiding party splash across the flood control channel, secure the street bridges and footbridges, and set up a perimeter around the temporary mini-plaza whose flagship tenant is Chick Planet Massage. Doc noticed his car parked out in front, but the motorcycles that were there when he arrived had vanished. The camera tilts up, and there, fleeing deeper into the tract, 
or only riding around in circles are Mickey's badass brigade on Harley's Kawasaki Mach 3s and, as Spike points out, a Triumph Bonville T-120 with no clear idea of what their mission is anymore. It was weird to Doc watching now, weird beyond easy imagining that somewhere inside the place, invisible, he was lying unconscious. That with an X-ray specs attachment of some kind, he could be looking at himself inert, next door to dead, and that viewing this film of an assault that was just about to begin might qualify as what Sordelige like to call an out-of-body experience. <laughs> Suddenly on screen, all hell broke loose. Even though there was no soundtrack, Doc could hear it, sort of. The frame started bouncing around as if Farley was trying to get to cover. The old bell and howl he was using shot 100 feet of film at a time, and then the reel had to be changed, so the coverage was a little jumpy. There were also three built-in turret lenses, long, normal, and wide-angle that could be rotated as needed in front of the gate, often during the shot. Cool camera. The footage, almost too clearly, showed Glenn Sharlock getting shot down by one of the masked gunmen. There it was, the money shot. Glenn unarmed, moving in some kind of prison yard crouch trying to look bad when all that really came through was the fear that owned him and how much he didn't want to die. The light wasn't protecting him, not the way it will sometimes protect the actors in a movie, the way moviegoers have gotten used to. This wasn't studio light, only the indiscriminate L.A. sun, but somehow it was singling out Glenn, setting him apart as the one who would not be spared. (laughs) The shooter was used to handling small arms in the dutiful way of a rifle range commando. No bravado, no shouting or abuse or firing from the crotch. He took his time. You could see him paying attention to his breath as he sighted Glenn, led him, took him down with silent three-shot bursts, though several more than were needed. What about your lab, Doc said, to say something. They ever watch what they process? <laughs> Not too likely, Farley said. They're used to me by now. Think I'm crazy. Can they run off an extra print? Maybe enlarge a frame or two? I'm wondering what's behind those masks. Resolution goes all to hell, Farley shrugged, but I guess you could try. Around lunchtime the next day, the princess phone started jingling. <laughs> Holy shit, S.A., you're real. At least one day a week, you must have lucked out. Who is this? He forgot me already. Sinvergenza, as my grandma would say. Trick question, Luz. How you been, me amor? <laughs> Your strange way of flirting. You're off today, I hope? Close to the office, within walking distance, in fact, was a small ex-neighborhood. Its houses all condemned. You remember Luz from uh, Sloan Wolfman's house. The, yes, the yes, one, yes, yes, yes. The one who brought the margaritas. And, is, and, and she is among the models on the erotic ties. The naked tie, indeed. Yeah. Its house is all condemned for an airport extension, which may have existed only as some bureaucratic fantasy. Empty, but not deserted exactly. Questionable movies were being shot inside. (laughs) Drug and weapons drops were being made. Chicano bikers were having furtive noontime trysts with young Anglo executives in tax-deductible toupees that retained in their Dinell thatchwork the smell of bars downtown at lunchtime. Sound like Beck lyrics. Dopers were... (laughs) Chicano bikers with young Anglo executives. (laughs) Yes. Tax-deductible... That's a good... (laughs) Sorry. Tax deductible to pays downtown. Yes. Dopers were getting off the, uh, the on the airplanes a couple inches over their heads, and particularly unhappy area residents from PV to Point Doom were out scouting potential potential suicide sites. <laughs> Luz showed up in a red SS three ninety six. She kept saying she borrowed from her brother, though Doc detect- thought he detected a boyfriend someplace in the subtext. <laughs> She was wearing cut-off jeans, cowgirl boots, and a tiny t-shirt that matched the car. 
They found an empty house and went inside. Luz had brought a bottle of Cuervo. There was a queen-size mattress with cigarette burns in it, a French provincial floor model TV with the screen all kicked in, a number of empty five-gallon joint compound containers that people had been using for picnic furniture. <laughs> I see in the papers that Mickey's still missing. Even the FBI don't come around no more. Riggs split again for the desert, and Sloan and me, we become very close. How uh, close would that be? That bed downstairs Mickey would never fuck me on? That's ours now. Um, what's this I'm looking at here? Well, come on. It's an interesting thought, ain't it? The two of you. You guys in this lesbian thing. Why don't you just get comfortable down there? No, I meant down there. And I'll tell you all the details. Passenger jets came thundering in every couple of minutes. The house shook. Sometimes when Luz parted her legs briefly, Doc thought he could hear landing gear tires rolling across the roof. <laughs> the louder it got, the more excited she became. What happens if one comes in a little too low? We can be dead, right? She grabbed two handfuls of his hair and pushed his face away from her pussy. What's the matter, motherfucker? You can't hear me? <laughs> Whatever he was going to say would have been drowned out in another deafening approach. And anyway, what Luz wanted now was to fuck, which is what they did. And after a while, they lit up a joint and she was talking about Sloan. These English chicks, they get to Khalifa's, they don't know how to behave. They see these people, man, all this money and real estate and none of them with any idea what to do with it. First thing anybody hears when we get across the border is to gente no sabe nada. So Sloan has all this resentment. Whatever she finds out about any piece of money that's there to be grabbed, she thinks she's the one that should have it. For Riggs, it's always more like not that he should get it, but that some other asshole shouldn't. What the Heat like to call theft. <laughs> they might. Sloan likes to call it reallocation. So what was it? Her and Riggs were skimming off Mickey, double billing his clients, stiffing his contractors, or what? Luz shrugged. Wasn't my business. Did they just spend their time running different hustles, or did they at least fuck once in a while? <laughs> Riggs said it wasn't so much that he got to fuck her as that Mickey didn't. <laughs> uh-huh. What'd Riggs have against her husband? Nothing. They were old compinches. Riggs, Riggs would have never have gone near Sloan's pussy if Mickey hadn't encouraged him. Mickey was gay? Mickey fucked other women. He just wanted Sloan to have some fun, too. Him and Riggs worked together on different projects. Riggs stayed at the house when he was in town, couldn't keep from jerking himself off anytime Sloan was in the room. Seemed like a natural choice for Mickey to, Mickey to fix her up with, along with the usual selling points. Big dick, young, poor enough to keep on some kind of a leash. Of course, Sloan wasn't too hot for the idea at first because she hated to owe Mickey for anything. But why are you so interested in this? Carryings on of the rich and powerful better than reading the Inquirer. Plus, you don't get to <laughs> you don't get to fuck no newspaper, do you, my little Anglo io de puta? <laughs> <laughs> uh, fuck, fuck, suggested Doc amiably. Otrevez, see. So he was a little late getting back to the office, and for days he would be making up explanations for all the visible hickeys and claw marks and so on. <laughs> As Luz prepared to zoom away in the super sport, Doc said one thing. What do you think really happened to Mickey? She grew unflirtatious, almost somber, her beauty deepening somehow. I just hope he's alive, man. He wasn't that bad of a person. How are we doing on uh, time? I think that's a good place to stop. I Great. think we're probably at 30 minutes. We are at 30, 30 37. Wonderful. My preternatural time, ability to know exactly how long we've been recording. You, <laughs> you've, got the, you've got the podcast and yeah, I've, I've got the master clock in my head. Yeah. I was just looking at, looking up to remember correctly and was thinking about, um, you know, there, there's something mentioned in there about, 
you know, kind of reactionary suburbanites, and I was just confirming that Ronald Reagan is indeed already the pres the president, the governor of California uh, uh, yes. at this time. Mm -hmm. It's just interesting thinking about because it's like, I mean, that's that's my you know, I think I've said this several times. My takeaway of like the deeper themes of this is like the kind of two two forms of of post-war threads coming to an end together and one is like the 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 hippie thread the end of the hippie dream and then also like a certain type of like classic conservative uh guy yes like illustrated in um uh, the the kind of Republicans that like I feel like Republicans wish they still were. Yes, exactly. But they have gotten so much more clownish and, and, and garish and, and stupid. Yeah. Like the like a classy Republican, uh, yes. a justifiable Republican. Yes, uh, you uh, know, elegant a, Republican, yeah, an elegant Republican. Even though there's obviously nothing. nothing a traditional about cop it. who believes in the who believes in uh, the authority of law and order, but also that you know a little graft's good if my beat gets wet too. <laughs> uh, uh, I yeah. want to talk about cops. Because the, the, I feel like I uh, unlocked something that I hadn't before in that scene of the homicide mm -hmm. uh, office. Uh, just everyone milling around, smoking cigs, eating eating takeout, paper throwing cups. paper yeah. everywhere, coughing paper cups, getting on the phone. <sighs> Cop is, is, as a career path, like becoming, extra, like you become extrajudicial even as you are judicial, right? Yes. You, you, are, you become above the law because you are the law. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and you, you you're yeah. you're clear. You don't even have. I don't think you had to go to college. Did you go to had to go to college no, to no, become no. a cop? You basically had to go to police academy. Yeah, that's why it's a, a fairly attractive career. It's like you could be just Joe Schmo, and you, but with a little time and diligence, and also a bit of you know that masculine kind of brother fraternal and literal fraternal yes. order energy. You can be above the law. Yeah, it's an attainable way. You don't have to be born into it. You don't have to be rich. It, it, that's the other thing. It is a work. It's a way of being a working class yeah. ruler. Yes, I I understand why it's a uh, it's appealing. Yes, but then you just have to you know occasionally maybe like risk your life or whatever. I mean, it it is true. I mean, there, we've we've had uh, what's her name, Cerise Castle on Chapo to mm -hmm. talk about like the, how there are like the sheriff's department of L.A. has like literal gangs in it. But it is yes. true that like the cops, it, it, especially in like major metropolises have traditionally in America like functioned as their own gang. Yeah. You know, but yeah. like a gang with the support of the state as opposed to the other gangs that operate outside the state. But yes. you know, I yeah yeah, I think it is totally And the only barrier of entry is basically are you are you down to clown? Yeah, can are, you are, like yes. can you keep your mouth shut? Can, can you, you, you Yes. Yeah, it's not even like can you enforce the law. It really is like can you keep your mouth shut? Cuz as as we've seen from basically every uh, major police incident of the past, uh, I don't know. Yeah. 50 years, let's say. Uh you enforcing the law is completely beside the point. Yes. Whoa, damn! That guy just got a gnarly. Yeah, there's been a gnarly some, wave. some pretty uh, with some pretty sick tricks in this comp that we're watching. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it, and especially homicide, the most exciting murders. Yes, as we we just started watching the TV show Bosch on the recommendation of our friends. Yes, and that like you know. if you're working homicide, you're not really preventing murder. You're just fine. You know what I mean? Yes. Like it's kind you're, it's kind of a pun intended a cop out. Yes. Well, I mean, there is that uh, the 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 weird way that homicide works in America because we have like such a high homicide rate, and it's like the 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 policing of homicide isn't really about prevention. No, it's about revenge, essentially. Yes, if you can, if you <laughs> can is, swing it. I don't think that anybody would like admit to that. It's like no, or it's about 
you know, it's about crime, you know, it's about justice is yes. what you would say. Like, we're, you know, we're bringing these criminals to ju- justice, but it's like, well, you're, the guy's already dead. What you're really doing is making, you know, you're making, yourself, so, feel you're making yourself feel good by, by like punishing somebody. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's not going to not going to bring them back. Yeah. A murder most foul. Yeah. Not that I'm saying I'm like pro homicide, but it's like, you know, the, the idea would be stop it before it happens. Uh, I but was even with all the resources that we have to cops, I can't really can't really do that. Have you had have you ever had any dreams of working in any, you know, for example, I was like volunteering at like a college personal statement day writing day and I was talking to a girl who wanted I was like, what do you think you want to study? She's like criminal, uh, criminal psychology. Yes. And like wanted I to I feel get... like that's a very, uh, or like forensics. I feel like yes. that's a very, uh, kind of a weirdly hip. And I was uh, like, I was like, career. what, what made you want to do that? She's like, I love law and order SVU. I mean, look, I know that the, 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 the line is that we, that, you know, a cab, we must be, be anti-cops, but you cannot deny that there is some, look, look, we're literally reading a detective story, even though it's like a fucked up goofy one right now, that there isn't some romanticism in the idea of like solving, solving a crime. crimes. Yeah. It's like enjoying doing puzzles and yes. stuff like that. Yeah. We're freaking Columbo. That's like the joke. <laughs> like that's why Columbo is so satisfying in its weird way because it's not really about who done it you see who's done it at the beginning it's just about watching watching him figure it out a frumpled goofy guy piece everything together backwards (laughs) (laughs) yeah so you you never had any uh you never wanted to be a detective or no i'd rather like if i have any romanticism in any of this it would be like wanting to be a pi yeah i looked into it once yeah. Uh, because yeah, you ba- you basically you really should. It's easiest if you're a cop first, and then you become yeah. a, a PI. But there uh, is like a license you have to get. There right? is. Yeah. You. Yeah. Exactly. I looked into it after we watched Bored to Death, and I was like, I'd be kind of. I'm. I'm really good at finding people online, mm-hmm. uh, only for like petty like female reasons, like you know yes. finding you know ex's new girlfriends or like friends <laughs> yes. ex's new girlfriends or, or like, shit like or that. did these people secretly get divorced or something? Yeah. Like that, yes. You know? Exactly. When, when did they get divorced? Yes. Like yeah, totally. Um, uh, which uh, other people use th- those kind of powers for like finding out uh, spoiling reality shows, like finding out who yeah. got kicked off of the Bachelor. <laughs> um, no, I mean I'm a, that's okay, valid here's, female detective energy. Yeah. Here's uh, here. How about this for a pitch mm. for a um, like a network, a modern network detective show is like I'm assembling a team of the most elite private investigators, but the team that I'm assembling for my unorthodox PI agency is like like a geoguesser savant and like one of those tiktok chicks who like by like one corner of a face selfie in a bar can like figure out your your entire uh like life and career and where you live and who you're dating and stuff like that The tiktok chicks who basically found out that that chick who uh got murdered by her boyfriend in the van the van girl i'm sorry i can't remember her name oh god Um, yeah from like like, two years ago that that was that was a kind of a group a group effort yeah someone like that um uh, who, what else would like be good? the reddit uh, one of the uh, like a reddit snark sleuth yeah somebody who like like the 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 person who runs dumois oh yeah what what about a state a stan who like a pop stan turn like who has like stalker yes. stalking um uh skills who becomes you know like a a stalker for real yeah i i an amateur YouTube arms expert, like a <laughs> like a gun vlogger, who's like our our munitions guy. I love the idea of throwing like the the di- digital first Gen Z team yes. into like real crimes. Yes. yes, that's a great idea. Um, great copyright Chris Wade, twenty twenty four. Yeah, what, well, would, what would it be called? I was just about to wonder what it would be called. 
<sighs> the pod, the pod squad, the pod squad, <laughs> a true crime podcast podcaster. Ooh, yes, yes, someone who's used to you know like yes. kind of talk it, talking like, it knows out, the narratives. Yes. Mm. Um. Uh. Got the. Bo- I mean, the pod squad, like the mod squad. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> uh. Much. Much to. Um. Much to 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 thread out, but you know, I, I could see that running five seasons on cbs mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> that's the thing it's got to be network we got to yeah. bring it we got to bring it to the biggest audience possible uh yes and of course um they should all be like um like diverse and like non-binary and autistic but in that very like network tv way <laughs> where, where like, it's like you know th- this this guy's autistic which means he loves he can criminal s- minds yeah like he can solve a, a jigsaw puzzle in two seconds yes uh we we saw i'm just trying to think of how how the clown clown could be involved we we saw a really a sick a sick clowning last night Clowns. we were that we were spitballing about like a, a tv show about like a, a clown who's yes. always like the third the third wheel in life yes just cl- clowning clowning miserably but uh doggedly through life i don't know um this clown was trans and i think rather interestingly like in a very light-hearted way it was like very very much <laughs> equalizing or equating mm. their their clownness to uh, their yes. trans identity which i thought was very interesting and fun yes <laughs> funny. i'd never never seen anything like what, that. what what is what is uh, one could say that transness is a form of gender clowning. gender clowning interesting <laughs> <laughs> the gender shout out jingles the clown <laughs> um anything else should i do the recap real quick of what has happened uh yes, do you think you can hit, hit it? Let me see if I can. Here, what should I try timing it? What about ninety seconds? Yeah, to I'll, I'll put this. ninety seconds on the clock. Right. I'll tell you how far, how far you got. Ready? All right. I gotta uh, empty give me my one, mind. one second. Flow. Yes, enter enter the flow state. All right, are you ready to go? I'm ready. Okay, three, two, one. Doc Sportello, Sloan disappears. Uh, Glenn Sherlock, uh, shootout at uh, Chick Planet. Bigfoot uh, is like, what the fuck happened? Tried to nail him for it. He goes to see his like re- repo man, uh, computer guy, uh, Coy Harlingen, dead or not. Uh, sur- surf house uh, exploration. <laughs> um, uh, there's a, a, a chip called the Golden Fang. You're doing great. Uh, that is, you know, mysterious CIA, possibly his uh, maritime lawyer has questions. Uh, he goes and inve- investigates Sloan. He goes and hangs out with uh, two steward eye, Lourdes and Motella, and their money running uh, Vietnam vet boyfriends. Mm-hmm. Uh, things are starting to, to perambulate. Uh, the, go- <laughs> the Golden Fang appears and disappears. Uh, he sees Ho- Coy Harlingen. Uh, now he's sniffing around asking Luz about uh, what might have happened to Mickey. Mickey still disappeared. Shasta's still, Shasta's still gone. Uh, did, I di- did I call Shasta Sloan at the beginning? Maybe, Whatever. yes. Well, uh, we were just talking about Sloan. Th- am I missing anything? I mean, <laughs> yes, but also you hit the big... Th- those, the, are, those are the I things mean, that you, are you happening. You got that all in about 65 seconds. Wow, so. damn. Uh, it just depends on how broad you want your strokes to be. Yeah. That's you know that's basically it. Yes, uh, a house. His his parents are there. His parents are there. Smoking pot, go doing acid with a uh, sort of leisure's guru. Yes, doing acid with the guru. Uh, d- developing film. One thing I find kind of interesting documents. about how this the narrative progresses is that sometimes there's like a lot of focus on the transpo between places, like mm, you know driving. long descriptions of driving, and sometimes it's like then they were there. Yeah. 
No, he it's I've, I feel like we'll get every um, every every freeway will be named by the end. Yes. We've gotten the Santa Monica freeway, which is is that is that the, no, that's not the two. That's the, go the 10, right? The 10. I believe the 10 is the. Oh, there's a Heineken on a surfboard. Cool. Cool. Uh, nothing like a nice Heine. Uh, nice Heine. Oh, think of how refreshing. Oh, oh. The, my man is drinking a Heineken while surfing. I That's think of how refreshing. Ass. Oh, and he passed the Heineken to yeah, another surfer. Can. Think of how refreshing a Heineken would taste with all that like salty seawater like around, you know, Ooh, you know how you maybe. just like kind of taste salty when you're in the ocean. Yes. Mm. Love it. I could go for a nice salted Heineken. <laughs> salted beer. What was the, oh, um, not Magic Hat. They have like a lime and salted. What, what they, am they, I they thinking of? There was like a salt, a salty beer that was so like it had sea salt and it. it was so yeah. fucking good. The perfect summer drink. Mm. Oh damn! This guy's on a boat with a a clear bottom, and he's got a bottle of champagne. This is the hat. life. Yes. So I wonder if I'll ever if we'll ever want to do beach life. Here's the thing: climate change. The beach is only gonna get closer to us. Yes. <laughs> if we wait long enough, the beach soon, will come soon, to us. Soon, it's not not to make light of it. It's obviously very serious, but uh, life is about to be a beach for us all. No, so given what I've understood about what, what is that th- that thing the uh, the the atmospheric river or whatever. Yeah. It seems like the the real climate change of, of Los Angeles is that uh, the valley is gonna turn into a giant lake. So I don't think we'll be from where we are currently living, we won't necessarily be beachfront property, but we might be lakefront pop- property. Yeah, which is a different vibe. We, as everybody knows, lake house and beach house, two two different and distinct vibes. Yes, beach houses uh, has signs that say "life is better at the beach," and lake house has signs that say "time to go to the lake." <laughs> I'd rather be it's lake and o'clock. it's lake o'clock. Wipe your feet. <laughs> the beach beach uh, beach house signs are like, "Oh no, not more sand." Yes, <laughs> leave your sand at the door <laughs> your sand at the door uh what, what about an what about an unchill beach house that's like wipe your shit like all these signs yes. that are like wipe your shit off bitch this is a zero sand tolerance uh, house a, a, so, a stop sign that says stop wipe your feet mm-hmm. <laughs> there will be no sand in this beach house leave the sand at the door anyway we should spend some time at the beach yeah i uh yeah i think we should too yeah what if we go to we? You know where we haven't been since we moved to LA is freaking Venice, man. Let's go to Venice. I love the Venice vibes. <sighs> Let's go to Venice and get go to some place that serves something that is like, though not necessarily, the Admiral's Luau. You can get a good Korean corn dog on the boardwalk. I do know that. No, I want a, I want a crab bucket. All right, not a crab mm-hmm. bucket, but you know, like two crab legs and so a bunch See, of fried I shrimp. And I don't know why, but I don't think of Venice as like seafood, even though I know I think of I it think as like more junk like Santa food. Monica. Yeah. Well, we'll let's do it. Yeah. It's only a, a thirty to two hour, thirty minutes to two minutes hour to drive, two, depending on the time, depending on whether you leave at four or four thirty. <laughs> it's like going to Saratoga Springs from New York. <laughs> hey, you gotta see those horses. All right, yes. anything else? Uh, no, uh, I think that that is good. A few, a good, a few good digressions in there. Yeah, right? a little loopy. It's yeah, fine. It's fine. We're making our, we're making our way Saturday morning, this. man. Yeah, we gave them a full hour last week, and so they can be happy with forty six thirty. 4626. Okay, great. Anyway, bye. Bye.